You're listening to the Personal Development Through Martial Arts podcast, the podcast where the world's highest personal development experts and martial arts masters come together to empower and inspire you to become your strongest self and live the life that you truly want. Join host Bogdan Rosho, author, public speaker, and the founder of the first personal development through martial arts school in the world, in the podcast where you become the hero. Marius Spiridon started his adventure of self-discovery in the Rocky Mountains in the center of the United States. He was formed as a leader in the midst of the Navajo tribe, being called Tatanka, the water buffalo, by his adaptive Native American family. His direct approach and presence has catapulted him in less than five years in the management of one of the biggest electronics retailers in the United States, where he inspired thousands of people to become successful. After moving to London, he became a leading mentor and coach in one of the biggest personal development companies in the world. He is dedicated to inspiring people to live a successful and happy life while being true to themselves. Please help me welcome Marius to the show. We're here with uh, my friend Marius Spiridon and I am very, very excited to sit down and talk to him because he's going to be sharing some very powerful insights in terms of martial arts, in terms of personal and professional transformation. Marius, how are you? I'm great. First, I'm, I'm happy to be here. And thank you for, for you inviting me to be here and be part of this. And uh, yes, we do have a lot of things in common. One of them is martial arts. It's one of the main things that both our lives started with. Definitely. Thank you. You're very welcome. And uh, another, another thing that we have in common is actually we were born very close to each other, like, like 80, 80 kilometers yep. uh, away, right? So yep. that, that was crazy. Um, Marius, for everybody who um, is uh, getting in touch with, uh, with your um, mission for the first time, how did you start out? Tell us a bit about your journey, your personal journey. As far as, as, far as martial arts goes, I started my journey around six years old. Mm-hmm. That was the first day when I stepped in a, in a, in a gym, in a dojo yeah. where martial arts would take place. And at the time it was quite funny because it would be, it would be actually prohibited. Yeah. To, to be in any form of, of disciplined martial arts. Like the, at those times, the political environment will actually punish you from, from being, you know, one of the people that are in this kind of situations. I remember working for the first years in, in, a, in a dark dojo with candles. Yeah. Like there will be no electricity. We just, when, when I were in my first grade, you know, from like a, a one, from a, from a, uh, AQ, 7Q, would be like, just total darkness. Exactly. That was, yeah. that was one of the first memories I have when I was really, really young. So, so for everybody listening, and we're talking about uh, what Mar- Maris is uh, referring to, is the fact that he started when uh, Romania was still under the communist yep. regime, right? Yep. What was the reason why, uh, wh- why do you feel martial arts was prohibited back then? I think it was at the time it was a way to release your inner voice. Mm-hmm. It was a way speak to up. become powerful, to speak yeah. up, and to be self-expressed. And at the time, would not be that would not be a way of 
of being mm-hmm. that, that would be allowed in Romania. So that's what I think. Uh, from what the regime would say at the time, uh, it would be like no gathering over five people is allowed and legal. Wow. So if it would be more than five people in one place, that would be declared as kind of heresy. Mm. Like people would just be spread out. Police will show up. Yeah. So that's the kind of time I grew up in. So do you feel that now starting martial arts so young, uh, was it Shotokan Karate? Was yeah. That you started? yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's exactly what I trained in uh, before before Wing Chun. Yeah. Um, so how do you feel that impacted your life starting uh, martial arts since you were six? So there's no way I could talk about it without without keeping in the context, the context why I started at the time. It was it was about half a year after my father died. Mm-hmm. So suddenly I woke up in a life where I'll, I'll have no no authority to report to. I will I will I will become the guy that has no one to to ask permission to do things from. So I decided to do that as a way of first protecting myself because mm-hmm. the the things started to change in my neighborhood as soon as my father died. I'll be the target for everyone that wanted to. To, to beat me up or to bully me or stuff like that. So mm. I decided this is the time where I need to be safe. One one of the first impact of, of this thing was discipline. Mm-hmm. The second one is I became more confident, Yeah. like self-trust. And the third one was just my physical condition. Like in, in, in a matter of a couple of years, I became the kind of guy that no one can catch. I was running so fast. <laughs> yeah. And I, it was a at the time it was really comfortable to know that when I'm tired of running, can I can just ass. turn around and kick some ass. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, get them tired first and then yes. turn around and pound. Yes, but Sock them in, in the context of me growing up without a father, that was really important because I became the kind of guy that's disciplined at a young age, mm-hmm. and that that made me the leader that I am today. Nothing of what I am today was possible would be possible. Without that, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. I feel what you're saying, and uh, I think most people listening right now or watching our interview right now can relate to this because most people are training currently martial arts, so they can absolutely relate to to that. Um, what inspired you to move to the United States? The first thing was I thought I was in love mm-hmm. with IT, you know, with the information technology. I was not. And the one thing that inspired me to move in the United States is the the ability to be on my own, mm-hmm. the ability to to make my own money, to succeed on my own steam, to be to be the guy that makes it into the American dream. Right. And the things went a lot different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got there and uh, I had an, a great experience where I was I was adopted. I grew up. I grew next to a tribe of uh, Indians, Navajo. And that's where my whole experience would you, went haywire. Would you mind sharing that story of how you met these guys and how they uh, they uh, took you in? Yes, yes. So what happened is, uh, I first as I got into the United States, uh, it happened that I saved someone's life. Yes, I was in the ocean. And uh, when I saved the guy, uh, I went into hypothermia. But when I came out of the water, uh, it was these two guys that actually drove me in a van uh, that said, you know, in our tradition, when you save someone's life, you become responsible for it. Mm. And I said, no way, I'm just here taking a bath. I mean, I would not take someone else. I'm on vacation, please. 
It's like, no, it doesn't go this way. In our tradition, whenever you do this thing, you either take that life onto your custody or you accept to be adopted by us, which was my choice. Yes. And at that name, at that at that point in time, uh, I accepted, and they actually gave me a name, and uh, my my name was Tatanka. It was more more like a nickname, but everyone was calling me this Tatanka. way, Tatanka, which means buffalo. And uh, and that was great because starting that moment, I started to have access to to a, a community of experiences, to traveling, to being part of rituals, to go into the great powwows the Indians have. Uh, to uh, which are like huge concerts. Imagine two thousand people dancing in the same time. I'm talking unity. I'm talking like ten different tribes. Yeah, Cherokee, Cheyenne, Pueblo, Hopi, Navajo dancing in the same time on the same stage. It was like unity. It's the same feeling I have when I see our traditional dances in mm -hmm. Romania, mm -hmm. and I see those guys. It's to me, it's like it's it's freedom. It's the freedom to be together. And and that was the story, pretty much. Yeah, I'm getting goosebumps right now. Yeah, just like just like picturing that that image of people dancing together. Like that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There there is one of the one of the greatest rituals I was part of, and uh, I was driving with the with Joe, which is my Indian friend brother, and more than this, uh, to a place called Hiemus, mm -hmm. and there's a tradition Hiemus feast, which is uh, which is kind of the harvesting. The celebration of harvesting the corn, mm -hmm. and that was the place where everyone in that village would open their doors, and everybody, everybody that comes in, no matter if it's white, yellow, black, it doesn't matter. They would just go in someone's house. They don't have to know the person. Right. They would just go in someone's house and eat whatever they need to eat, sleep if they want to sleep. That is so. Cool. And then there was like the main gathering where about. Two thousand people would just dance, celebrating the fact that they harvested so much corn. It was it was amazing. It was a sense of of um, being part of something greater, where it would not make a difference your color, mm -hmm. your pocket, uh, your accent. It would just everyone would be happy for the fact that sun gave us, or gave them, or all of us, those resources. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. Right now I'm vibrating as I'm talking about it. Every time I want to go back to the States, I'm thinking this is the one, one celebration that I'm not going to miss. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, was, it was great. And there's many more like this. I, I went with them in, in, in many places like Yellowstone, Yosemite, uh, the Sequoia National Forest, um, Arizona, New Mexico. There's so many places where traditions are so deep, so rooted into, into the behaviors of people that they actually have the power to to keep the communities together. This is something I would love to see here. And that's, we'll see later, that's one of the main reasons why I chose to come, to come back, back home. Mm. Because I want to bring that power and I want to bring that kind of... Community. Yes, that kind of glue mm. into into our country. And yeah. I'm doing actually, I'm actually doing that day by day. Yeah, you are. You are and you're doing a great job in that sense. I feel like, um, guys, we, we do, we live in Romania and I think we, we both have a sense of... Um, of division, right? We're very divided as um, as people, and to to that extent, getting back to that idea of you know what we're we're in the same boat together. Not just us as Romanians, but like the whole yeah. freaking this this freaking spaceship that we're all on, and uh, we're traveling through void, right? Yeah, I, I think that's super powerful. 
Um, how do you feel that experience transformed you? Well, one of, one of the first things that I got out of it was personal power. Was, was a way and a, and a methodology to, to bring your power back together where it, where it came from, mm -hmm. right here. That's the place where I discover myself as being the source of the power that goes into the world. And unlike anything I ever learned in Romania, when I, when I left, it was time for me to bring that power back into myself. Mm -hmm. Here, as a kid, before I left, I was the kind of guy that will always point to people around. It's, it's government's yeah. fault, it's my brother's fault, it's my ex's fault, it's the economy. Yeah. Is the is the is the price of uh, you know the currency is yeah, is this and is that and is the politics and is that what happened there is like I discovered a way where there's no one else to blame anymore because right. the one person I was neglecting is that I'm the guy that those things occur around mm -hmm. all the time. What do they have in common? What do they have in common? Yes, yeah. is we are in the same spot. Everywhere I go, I find myself <laughs> and everyone else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it's funny because earlier today I was watching this video by um, Aubrey Marcus. Yeah. Right. He's very much into shamanism and uh, you know personal power and stuff like that. And, yeah. And the video was actually called "It's Your Fault." Yeah, good one. It's your fault. Like, take responsibility for everything that happens in your life, and uh, you're gonna feel. <sighs> you It's gonna suck in the beginning. It's it's gonna yeah. really suck. But yeah, what, what was like your realization in that sense? Well, the first, the first steps of, of accessing personal power, you deal with your smallness. Yeah. You deal, and only in the front of your smallness, you can discover how great you are. Mm -hmm. So only discovering myself in, myself in the breakdowns I had during my life, being a liar, being a thief, being a bully, being, being the kind of guy that would, would, would just not do things right. Mm -hmm. And it was a breakdown for me to stand in the front of my facts and my actions and discover that I was the guy. I was that one. I, I was the kind of guy that would go for the smaller version of himself. Mm -hmm. So my, my first, my first uh, victory was a private one. Mm -hmm. You know what they say? There's always the private victories and then you always have the public ones right after you win the private victories. Yes. So, so to me, the, the private victory was to discover that I can be a man of my word. That I can be a man that would chase his own personal power and stop wasting it, actually gathering it and use it for creating things. So the first breakdown was was I, I still remember right now when I when I called my mom and I said, Mom, I'm a liar and a thief. When I was a kid, I stole from you five lei, which at the time was just a coin. Nothing, it was right? like an ice yeah, cream or yeah, something. Yeah. And my mom was like, Why do you tell me this? It's been like freaking 30 years. I mean, why now? And I said, Mom, I cannot sleep because of this. And for 30 years, I called myself a liar right. and a thief. Yeah. And now I want to be the time when everything stops. And my mom said, you silly. That coin, I put it in that coat because I loved you. And I came so late from work, I didn't want to wake you up so I can give you the money for whatever candies you want to buy. She actually intentionally put the money the over there. there. Yeah. But for myself, the experience was so tragic, where I actually gave birth to a, to a, a conversation, like yeah. an inner conversation yeah. that made me a thief and a liar. Well, why I describe this first event? Because 
In this first event, I discovered the power to close and end the inner conversations by confronting my smallness to the truth, to the actual people in communication. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was the first victory. I remember it every day because that, that made the start of, of, a, of a great, powerful way. And actually, I, I conquered myself. Yeah, yeah. I discovered myself. That's very powerful. Um, like this, this would be like an exercise that very, very few people uh, would do. Um, like getting in touch with people who, who you know, they have like some kind of conflict. And yeah. saying, you know what? Please forgive me. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry for for what happened. And that's incredibly powerful, actually. And, um. Yeah, guys, go ahead and try it. Pick somebody. We we do have we do have an, a, a natural tendency of attempting to look good and trying not to look bad. Mm -hmm. And as soon that we discover who inside ourselves is doing that, mm -hmm. who inside ourselves is staging those kind of lights, cameras, actions. Yeah, we will will have the ability to have a stand, to have a say in what's going on. If we don't, our life is going to just rumble and rumble. It's just going to go by itself. But as soon as we discover that, we could say stop and choose our own agenda. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we end up going and going with, the, with conversations that are as old as our childhood. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And something that I got from your event um, a few weeks ago, you, you said... Um, go ahead and talk about something or disclose something that you're really, really afraid that people will find out about you, right? Um, it took a while, but it was like, I woke up one morning, I said, oh my God, this is what this today's video is gonna be about. Yeah. So I put my phone like uh, in, on the tripod, started the, the uh, live Facebook video, and the video was called, How I Failed Miserably and Almost Died. Yeah. Right? Have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the one, right? So it's the story of how I thought I was so good uh, at martial arts. I was so good at kicking ass. I thought I was. So I had a bit to drink that night. And uh, there was these five guys, right, that bumped into me. And then I went, I, I, I looked back and I walked up uh, to these five guys. They kicked my ass so hard. I spent the night in the hospital. Um, I took like two weeks, you know, to, to recover that yeah. I that I didn't go to, to class anymore because my eyes were black. I told everybody at work that some guy just took me by surprise uh, in the club and just punched me, right? Or uh, headbutt, gave me like a headbutt. And I was so afraid that people might find out, right? And um, I was so, so ashamed of myself, you know? Not necessarily for failing and not being able to uh, fight against five people, but for the fact that I felt so so insecure that I had to create this kind of situation to see if I could handle myself or, or, yeah. or not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, making that video actually um, gave me really very powerful closure. So thank you for that. Yeah. Our entire life, and this is, this is the perfect example, the one I just gave. Our entire life goes around making up for the person that we could not be at one moment in time. Interesting. Yeah, we just make up for the part of us that we could not reach. 
So what happens as soon as we discover that, we, we actually discover a certain coherence between who we are inside ourselves, our actions, our results. But this does not stop here, because everything, this coherence causes the circuit of all our hormones inside our body. And it doesn't even stop here, it goes further into our position into space. So if I'm a confident person, person, I would just be sitting like this. If I'm depressed, I'll be sitting like this. If I'm doubtful, I'll be sitting like this or like that. So what happens is our thoughts shape our body. And not only our body, but the actual chemicals inside of it. So there is there is no breach. It's a total coherence be, be, between who we are and how we look like. And as soon as we understand, there's no escape from being a in unity at all time, I call it in integrity, mm -hmm. as soon as we discover that, we understand the price that we pay in the quality of our life, in the quality of our health, and the quality of our resources, just by accepting our smallness. As soon as you discover this, there is a way, and actually people around us will get inspired by who we are, and that is the source of leadership. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I don't to me, the, the best leaders are the ones who are very open about what they're not good at, uh, yeah. you know, of their failures, of why they suck. Because yeah. like, just like you, you said, like once you accept you, the areas where you're small, you will much likely accept the areas where you're great. Yeah. Because you cannot accept your greatness without accepting the fact that you, you're small at the same time. We're all really, really small. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah. and there's one thing I want to give as a gift to everyone who's watching. Hey, sorry to interrupt the interview. I'll let you get back to it in a moment. Let me just ask you: Do you want more financial freedom in your business so that you have time for the important things in your life? Would you like to level up your business and become a black belt in business success? Let me help you. I will personally take a look at your business and show you exactly how you can make it more profitable so that you enjoy more financial freedom and more time with your loved ones. Get in touch with me over social media. Links are in the description. Send me a message with the text business breakthrough and we will schedule an appointment and you will get a free coaching session where I teach you exactly how to make your business more profitable without putting in more hours. And this is going to be only for the first five people who get in touch with me this week. So check the description, get in touch with me on social media, send me a message with the text business breakthrough, and let me help you take your business to the next level. Is, is an instrument that is so basic yet so powerful that we use in one of the, one of the immersions I created as a three day course that takes place over the weekend. It's starting Friday morning, ends up on, on, on Sunday night. It's called restoring the authenticity. Mm -hmm. Authenticity is at, a, at the cross street, is at an intersection of what you think yeah. and what you say. And if those two are not coherent, there is a payoff for it. Mm -hmm. As soon as you, you miss being who you think of yourself as being, you lose your self-trust. Absolutely. So this instrument is called restoring the authenticity and it starts like this and I'm going to give you an example how I took care of my relationship with my mom when I uh, uh, when I stole that money I went to my mom and I said mom 
I am stupid. All this time I pretended I'm honest and I love you when in fact I stole money from you. The impact on me was that I'm thinking of myself as being a small person. The impact on you is that I neglected your love and I stole from the money of my family. And what I actually choose today is to tell you the truth about it because I don't want to carry it with me anymore. Mm -hmm. So this instrument that I just said is a, is a six-step procedure where you actually restore your authenticity, you actually bring your truth back into the equation. Yeah. And it starts with your smallness. Yeah, I am, I call myself being stupid. Mm -hmm. Yes. Second was, was saying that all this time I pretended to be, and then I gave myself up. I said, when in fact, mm -hmm. I was like this and like that. And then I, I, I talk about the impact on me, the impact on her, and then what is my new choice? What yes. I make different from now on? If we use this in any area of our lives, if it's business, family, relationships, it doesn't matter where. Mm -hmm. We're just going to bring the truth and the power of communication back into the field. And that's going to shift entirely our relationship with everyone around us. So I'll, I'll actually challenge whomever is watching this to apply restoring the authenticity in their lives. Just one or two or three times. And then if it works for you, just keep doing it. How would somebody who um, doesn't exactly know what to say to their parents, how would they, what, what would be the first step for somebody to making, of being authentic a habit? The first step is confronting yourself with the fact that you're hiding the things. Just like you said, you said you were attacked by some big dude that, you know, it was not five and it was not you trying to look good. You yeah. just try to you just try to cover the shit up. Yes, that's the same thing we do in our lives, and people do it. Yes. So the first thing is looking yourself in the eye, and realizing what is the cost of you being small, and what advantages do you have for being small. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then at the end, just realize what is the action that you want to take in order for you to approach your bigness rather than staying small. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. doing that, doing what I just said I did with my mom, you know what, what she said? She said, I love you, stupid. I always did. I don't care about that money. I'm happy that you discovered your relationship with the truth. Mm -hmm. So I got even more from saying it. For me, it was like a curse disappeared. It just, like bro it just broke loose. Yeah. And then I became free because that conversation just died. So... Yeah. How I would advise people to do this, just look in the areas of your life where there is tension and there is hiding and there is lack of communication and lack of self-expression. And as soon as you discover those areas, just, just look for what is it that you're doing that keeps you small. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you discover that, just give yourself a chance to address the truth as you see it. How do you know when you are being small? How do you recognize it? Our body is given to us as a gift from God, from the universe, from whatever deity we believe in. Our body is here to give us all the signals that we need to discover that we're being small. The first symptom of being small is suffering. If you suffer, then you're in a story. Mm. Yes, if you feel like lack of self-expression, if you feel like lack of uh, happiness, if you feel a lack of anything, mm -hmm. that means that you're, 
you're in a story that does not make you good. That means that you're suffering and that's the place where you can grow only by confronting yourself to who you used to be you have an opportunity to create a possibility to being someone greater than that so as soon as you discover that suffering is a it's like a it's a gold mine mm. in suffering you can discover a place where you can become bigger i'll give you an example i go into this world day by day and every time i go into the world i see people that are being either violent or maybe aggressive or just have a bad language. Mm -hmm. But that is for me an opportunity to be a great man because if I get to contain myself and to act in my freedom around those people, then I can deal with anything. Mm, so, so every single opportunity that I see around me, even though are negative things, mm -hmm. it's a way for me to, to have a, a quantum leap and become a greater person. Do you feel that people who have not trained martial arts are more prone to reacting to violence with violence yes hmm. so what happened is our mind has a gift it's going to protect us for the rest of our life it's the greatest gift i mean it will never it will never gave up on us mm -hmm. it will never give up on us our mind is going to be there as a surviving instrument well when you do martial arts when you're a practitioner and you discover that the actual stimulate the actual things that are happening out there are not as dangerous as our mind makes them look like. Yeah. Then you discover a spot where you can be peaceful in the middle of the hurricane. Mm -hmm. Yes. So someone that's trained and disciplined, someone that is powerful, someone that has been trained in the front of whatever adversities is going to have a say into events that for someone that did not practice martial arts might look as dangerous as I need to defend myself, or I need to attack, or I need to run, or I need to prove myself, or I need to prove myself. Uh, someone that practices martial arts will find a way to just cool down and realize this is just something that I can handle. It's not time to take action, or it's time to take action. It will have a better say into it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I found that as well. Um, so you you've recently restarted your martial arts journey, right? Yep. Um, how is that for you? As I moved back in Romania from, from UK, I started to, to look for a place where I will feel the comfort of being around disciplined people. Mm -hmm. I, I had a, a thirst for being around people that are disciplined and take care of themselves. So it was painful, pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much, and I'm a marathon runner. Like yeah. I run marathons for for tens and tens of yeah, kilometers. I have no problem, but nothing totally compares to 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 doing you know about 300 burpees in a in a two hour interval of time, or or doing a kata or comedic in a place where you haven't done it for about two three years. So for me, it was as painful as it was. Very, it, it gave me a huge satisfaction. I I found myself as being back home back home as in back in the dojo back home yeah. in a place where my heart was at peace and I, f I found myself fulfilled with with whatever things i found in there mm -hmm. connecting with my body connecting with the partner that's very funny right romanians doing japanese chinese martial arts uh influence talking about personal development philosophy from the west from the u.s yeah. with the combination of shamanism and indian culture it's a very very powerful mix i think uh, Marius, what's your mission? 
At one point in time, someone taught me how to discover my mission. It's to look in my deepest, darkest breakdowns into whatever things I hurt me the most in my life. Yeah. And realize that whatever hurt me the most is because I have a commitment in that area. So looking at, at my roots, let's say, at those things that are hidden beneath the ground, I discovered my greatest commitments. And out of those commitments, I created my mission. My mission is very simple is sounds like this i am clean physically and spiritually and this way i will find my inner peace that gives me the power to transform the world so i use cleanness to find my peace to achieve the power that's needed to transform the world so my mission really is to transform the one the world one by one by using different channels i write books i create retreats I create sessions one-on-ones. I create videos like this. I create education systems. My purpose is that by 2025, the educational system in Romania will be transformed. That means our kids will go into schools. It will not be chopped down to by a cookie cutter into whomever they need to become. Mm -hmm. Rather, they will be the kind of people that will have a choice, will have a say in who they want to be. Mm-hmm. This is my purpose, and I would not rest until I until I make it happen. And right now, I'm creating an army of, of capable people mm-hmm. that will build schools in Romania, and we already started. Right now, it's happening. I don't know. I I, I feel like we should definitely be listening more to kids. Yes. Know? Like if you take it temporarily, who's closer to God? Somebody who just arrived here, or somebody who's been here for like 50, 60, 70 years? Right? They have a lot of wisdom. There is a lot of wisdom. Also, there, there is one little trick here because we can always fall onto the slope of making, making the adults wrong for who they became. And mm. this is the root of all our suffering. Yeah. But as soon as we understand that in order for us to become smarter, wiser, more powerful, is we need to actually give up on more things rather than achieve more things. Mm, our, our politics and the way we were trained is, as a kid is you need to, you need to, to do this yeah. In order to have this, in order to become this, mm-hmm. that means like you need to go to this school in order to have this diploma, in order to become a doctor and be respected. Mm-hmm. Well, this never worked. Yeah. Right now, the way it goes is in order for you to find yourself is give up on the things that are not useful they're, to you. And they're not yours. Yes. Yeah. And, and discover who you are inside an abundance of options and discover who you want to be where do you want to go what's important to you yeah definitely and if we're talking like in business terms it just comes down to uh giving up on the tasks that you hate just allowing somebody who loves those tasks to take over for you and do some of those tasks for you and you focusing on the things on your gifts on your superpowers and and that's going to give you a lot more fulfillment and more free time and your family's going to be happier for that. That, that. that was the story with my dad. Of, of you know? course, yeah. Oh, There's yeah. one thing that Warren Buffett said. If, if, you, if you need a vacation from your job, quit. Yeah. That's yeah? interesting. Yeah. If you yeah, don't like powerful. what you're doing, I mean, why yeah. would you be doing it in the first place? Oh, but I need money. I need to pay my rent. You don't understand, Marius. What are you talking about? Yes. That's the one thing that we call being in life being inside compromises, being inauthentic, uh, 
when you make a compromise, you're actually willing to give up your own values yeah. in order to achieve things that society stamples as good things, important things, vital things. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you connect with yourself, you're actually going to be able to start pulling apart those things that you don't actually need in this journey. And that kind of happened to you, right? Um, would you mind sharing that story of how the doctors told you that, you know what, like, this is what's going to happen? Yes, that was a that was a good one at the time. At the time, I was working as a uh, as a manager for one of for actually the biggest company in the in the United States, the electronic retailer. And I was having long hours, long long hours. At one point in time, I just snapped. I, after you know two three months of, of fourteen to seventeen hours a day, I actually snapped. So what happened to me is uh, I had a um, you know a condition where my my blood coagulates. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the doctor said, you have six more months. What is the most important thing to you? And of course, at first thing, I, I, I dismissed those people. I said, I want to talk to you. I'll go to the next doctor or next doctor. Guess what? They all said the same thing. So at one point in time, you know what they say. If, you, if, if three people tell you are drunk, you probably need to go sleep. Yeah. yeah. So what I've done at the time, I sold everything I had in the United States. And I went for the thing that I wanted the most, which was... My biggest dream was to have a piece of land in the top of a mountain and build a chalet by myself. This is what I've done. I sold everything in the state. I moved in Romania. And for five years, I lived in the top of a mountain where I actually built the chalet with my own hands. And it was a great time because I actually got to connect with my own senses. And I got to rejuvenate. And I got to regenerate my soul, my heart. And, and my body, by eating healthy, by being away from stress, by being away from values that are not probably for my best interest. Mm -hmm. And in that process, I discovered who I am, who I can be, and what is my purpose around the other people. And that's the source of who I am today and everything that I'm doing right now. With that, that period of time, that five years, you will not be sitting here watching the person that talks in the front of you, which I am grateful to myself and I'm, I'm, I'm actually able to accept and be thankful for that health condition mm, that I got yes, because yeah. without it, I will not become the person that I am. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's super powerful. Like, were you surprised after six months that nothing happened? I actually, that, that goes more into stories. And, and as you said, because you're probably one of the guys that actually went there and yeah. seen the chalet and been around the fire and see what happens there is... At one point in time, I discovered that I would not die. And it was like six months. And then I knew it, right? Yes. Yeah. And I was like, what? It was not possible. And I'm thinking, what is going on? And, and when I realized that, I said, what else is possible? Mm. So I started thinking about what about the meds that I have to, I had to, to, to go all the way to the city, about, about 30 miles uh, to go buy, um, you know, medication all the mm -hmm. time. And at one point in time, I said, what if? You saw, That's yeah. what I started. What if? And then from what if to I'm going to burn all the meds I have, it was like two weeks. So in two weeks, I took all the medications and I put them into the fire. I said, never again. I don't care if I die. At least I die and I am in my own mind. Mm -hmm. I'm not possessed by different drugs that make me see reality a different way. Because I was taking at the time, uh, you know, blood thinners. I was taking uh, antidepressants and, and all kinds of things. So what were the consequences like after taking all of those meds? It was lack of vision, mm -hmm. lack of responsibility, 
uh, confusion, uh, was um, softness. Like I would not be able to to create things. Mm-hmm. As soon as I gave up on those things, yes, it was a kind of uh, suffering after it. But as soon as it, the, you know, that period of two, three mm-hmm. weeks mm-hmm. went by, I went back to being a clear, powerful, strong person. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciate that every single moment of my life starting then. Mm-hmm. Uh, up till then, it was not something I would appreciate. I would, I would just take it as granted. But right now, I do appreciate being able to sacrifice those moments because clarity is the mother of all qualities. Definitely, definitely. Short legal disclaimer, we're not, uh, we're not encouraging you to stop taking your meds if you need them. Um, what we are talking about is definitely listening to your body a lot more. And sometimes your body will say, you know what, enough is enough. Um, but take that like, it's, it's not like when, what would you say to that? Like somebody who is taking meds who's thinking like, you know what, screw these meds, let me just uh, burn them. and. Do what I would say is my journey was a bit more than this. Mm. Was What I've done for myself is I looked at what is my way of being that causes my need for that kind of mm. medication. Mm-hmm. And I realized so went to that... the source. Yes, okay. I went to mm-hmm. the source. It's like, it's, it's like we, we, we both live in a house where we have, a, let's say, water damage. Yep. And both of us, we're just really good at, at, at playing with the mops, you know. We're mm-hmm. so good at cleaning the water from all around the house. Yep. But we never think of, of turning off the, the tap. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly the same things happen in the, in the human being. Yeah. Discover the way of being that causes you that specific need for a medication. And you're in the front of instant healing. You're in the front of being able to... to to heal yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely, if if you're suffering some from some kind of physical ailment, whatever that might be, that's that's usually the consequence of some emotional imbalance that you you accepted and you're still using to a certain uh, extent. Something that kind of started when maybe when you were a kid, maybe like a few years ago. So what you, you should do before getting rid of the meds is going back in time to that specific moment where where it will. Uh, it was all born. Awesome. Yeah. And and I did discover what it was for me. What was it? Was, it? was working on the stressful conditions, mm-hmm. uh, forgetting about myself and what's important to me. Yeah. And being hateful on on myself and other people for their mistakes. As soon as I discovered this, not only that the need for meds disappeared and I, I, I gathered the power to, to give up on them, but also when I went and, and, and did the testing, with the with the doctors around yeah. me, guess what? Nothing. A condition that was supposed to be final, yeah. supposed to be for life, as I was supposed to live with meds for the rest of my days, disappeared. I've done it twice, just in case. Yeah. And the the you know the disease, the condition was called factor V Leiden, which is something that's in your chromosome. It's like a genetic condition. So basically, your DNA gone. changed, right? Yes, mm-hmm. the DNA changed. The power of your thoughts is to change your DNA, to close and open some genes that will allow you to live a different mm-hmm. kind of life. Actually, what happens is I discovered a way to make my mind matter. Make your mind matter. Because whatever things you change inside your thoughts will change the actual matter that you carry on your body and the matter that you affect all around yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Your life changes with that. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Marius, what would be one question that you'd like to ask everybody tuning in? 
I'd love to to ask the question around what is the one person that if you go right now and point to the truth that you've been hiding for so long will shift your relationship. So I'm just going to ask you one more time in a different way. Who, who can you contact right now? Who can you talk to right now that you can release the truth from yourself and stop hiding whatever you've been hiding for a long time. Maybe it's your mom, maybe it's your dad, sister, brother, friends. There must be a relationship where you can use the gift I gave you, which is restoring the authenticity, and become the person that you would love to be. And it's this much of a step. That's it. It's a, it's a five minutes conversation, and I supported thousands of people to do it, and guess what? They're free. You could be a free one. Do it. I love that. I love that. So guys, go ahead and take your first step to true freedom and authenticity. Marius, thank you so much for thank you. your wisdom. And your thank time. you. Thank you. Awesome, guys. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. Have a gorgeous, gorgeous day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And if you're ready for more financial freedom, for more time to spend with your loved ones or doing what you're really, really, really passionate about, Send me a message over social media, connect with me, links are in the description and I will give you a free business breakthrough session where I will show you exactly how you can make your business more profitable so that you live a happy and fulfilled life with your loved ones. I'll see you soon.